Are you ready? Ready to release internal pain? To find confidence, clarity, and direction for your future? To live a life of meaning, fulfillment, and contribution? To trust your intuition again, but something's been holding you back? You've come to the right place. Welcome. I'm Ian Hawkins, the host and founder of the Grief Code podcast. Together, let's heal your unresolved or unknown grief by unlocking your grief code. As you tune in to each episode, you will receive insight into your own grief, how to eliminate it and what to do next. Before we start, I have one request. If any new insights or awareness land with you during this episode, please send me an email at info at ianhawkinscoaching.com and let me know what you found. I know the power of this work and I love to hear the impact these conversations have. Okay, let's get into it. Hey everyone, great pleasure as always to introduce my guest, but a very good friend of mine and colleague and coach, Judy Hamilton. How are you, Judy? Well, thank you. That's good. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Um, long overdue for this chat. We chat regularly, <laughs> but the chat in this uh, in this space, yeah, I'm glad you're here and and looking forward to sharing the work that you do and your story. So, thank you. I think one of the cool things I think when I think about you is when we first got to know each other, when we were doing the same program a few years back, how similar we were in, in so many different ways, but also within those really like almost identical in so many ways, but also so different in so many other ways as well. Yeah. So tell us a little bit, a little bit about the work that you do, particularly around what, what, I know you for is about helping people, but particularly women in your community to find about who they are and the direction that they want to head in their life. Yeah. So um, I think I've always just had um, a real desire just to, to help people generally, but it's grown into a real desire to work with women because probably because of my own journey as well. But um, the thing that I see that is often missing in women's lives is their own sense of value and worth. And, um, you know, so many of the people that I know are givers and carers, nurturers. They're the people that like to give out. Um, And it's such an easy space to get into um, and forget about yourself. And... um, and I think, well, there's two levels. So there's the forget about yourself because you're so busy caring for somebody else that you haven't got time t- to look at yourself. But there's also a sense, I think, sometimes of avoidance of self. And that's probably where um, I sat for a, a long time was um, seeing my worth in doing stuff for other people and getting out and helping people and that actually made me feel good about myself because when I looked at myself I didn't actually um, think about my own value and worth so yeah that's sort of where it started and that resonates a lot for me and I think a lot Mm -hmm. of people it's like if we just keep ourselves busy helping everyone else we can avoid having to really face all the things that we've got going on for us i guess thinking about it now just saying it out loud it's probably a form of addiction isn't it it's yeah. it's like a lot of things is like i can avoid 
the real issue if I just go and do what it is that we do. And I know something that you talked about when we spoke earlier in the week was around people pleasing. That's something that, uh, you know, I say that I'm a, I'm a um, not reformed, I'm a uh, recovering people pleaser and trying to yeah. spend your time pleasing everyone else, which in the end you get a whole lot of people that aren't really pleased and the least of all yourself. So tell us about that journey for you and and how that's allowed you to be working in the space that you are now helping people identify that same challenge? Yeah, I think um, people pleasing, um, again, I think there's those two levels. There's you wanting other people to feel happy and comfortable and whatever, but it's about being liked (laughs) ultimately and it's wanting to fit in and belong and stuff like that. And I think my journey with that was I didn't feel like I did a lot of the time. Um, I didn't, having said that, I don't know that I was consciously aware of it. There was sort of this unconscious thing that I was always striving to fit in with somebody. Yep. And I didn't quite make make the grade, you know, when it came to friendship groups. I always seemed to be on the edge. And so if I pleased people, if I did stuff for people, then they noticed me and and all of that. So I think I trained myself to be a people pleaser so I could fit in, so have that sense of belonging. Um, and that probably started from the time I was a little kid. Um, yeah, keeping people happy, keeping the peace. I think that was something that I did a lot of as a child. Um, I didn't like when people yelled at each other and got upset with each other. You know, I was that calming raft and, you know, so if I did the right thing and kept it all under wraps, then, um, yeah, then everyone would be happy with me anyway and that was probably the the big thing um yeah so what else did you ask sorry <laughs> no, i think that covers it well as much as i can think of at the moment i think you've touched on something really important there is that that feeling like you fit in or that you belong and i know that this is something that i know a lot of people our age are going through even now is still haven't really got that sense of community there's a lot of different mm-hmm. communities that they mix in but not actually a place where they really feel like they belong so I wonder for you, was there a place when you were growing up where you did feel like you belonged? Apart from, yes, when you were being giving acts of service. But for, for example, for me, when I was playing sport, that was a place that I, I found a place that I actually felt like I belonged. Did you have something like that that was kind of a sanctuary? Hmm. Um, probably school <laughs> because um, – I loved school. I was, um, and probably because I was a people pleaser, <laughs> I wanted to please my teachers. And so my teachers, you know, thought I was the ants pants because <laughs> I was always doing the right thing, which then made me not fit in with a lot of the kids because I was, a, you know, the goody two shoes and that sort of <laughs> thing. So, but I just loved school. I loved that environment. I loved learning. Um, I loved experiencing new things and just being a part and I could be a part of something there and I was a part of something by default there. Uh, so that was probably a bit of a sanctuary. Um, my, my family was always a good source of, of that as well, but it families come with their own unique problems and um, 
challenges and I think there's times where I didn't feel a good fit there, not so much in my immediate family, maybe my extended family. Um, Yeah, but, yeah, I think probably, yes, school and when I was doing things that expressed who I was, so, um, yeah, things like I was arty crafty I love doing stuff like that so when I was doing those sorts of things uh, a, a bit of sport but it was it for me it wasn't so much the sport it was the, the team it was being with people so when I was um, yeah working together with people that was a really safe space for me yeah oh yeah that definitely resonates with me because mm. uh, individual sports I found quite challenging. So, yeah, very much the team aspect. So for fast forward now to, to where we are now and you're helping people who are much older going through these sim- similar sort of challenges. So how do you navigate through, if you're working with, let's focus on where you spend most of your work, which is working with women, how, how do you help a woman who is feeling that way, feeling alone or not a place that they belong and sometimes even in their own family, right? So, so how do you help them navigate that sort of environment that they have to be part of every single day? Well, I think what I've learned over many years in my own experience and in as I've gone along with coaching as well is that to be in a good relationship with other people, you have to actually be in a good relationship with yourself first and that's where it starts and for me, it's all about that. It's all about foundation and being really clear about that. And I think my whole journey was um, avoiding that initially, <laughs> avoiding looking at myself and what had to, what was in me. But when I actually dug into that, I found so much strength in that space. And that's really what I want to be able to give to to other women um, finding their place of strength within themselves so I think that belonging to belong um, to belong to somewhere else you have to belong to yourself first you know and um, and to be able to belong to yourself you have to dig out or dig down underneath all those layers that you've put on in over so many years and find what there is of worth within you and step into that and own it so so that's what i what i do with women is help them to unpack some of that stuff so they can actually find that deeper stuff leaving some of those circumstances and experiences and things behind and just have a look at themselves from a different perspective it's hard thing to do on your own yeah. Because you know what you know in your head and you can't get past your own stuff. So being able to do it with somebody is really helpful because, you know, I have the opportunity to ask questions from a unique perspective. And in the same way that, you know, when we talk, you ask me questions that put me on the spot and I think, oh, yeah, I haven't thought about that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, I was actually going to say the same thing. It's like I, I, I love that when we have our chats, you're able to do exactly that because you can't see what's the the quote, you can't see the picture when you're in the frame. And just having yeah. someone there just to give you a different perspective is is just so yeah. powerful. So when when they start to see 
more of who they are. And actually, the, the other comment I wanted to make was there's no end to the depth you can go on there, which I, which what I love is that you, you're helping people at the start of their journey navigate this space, and yet you're still giving me bits of absolute gold after I've done eight years of this sort of work on myself, where you're still going, well, actually, what about looking at that from this perspective? So, yeah, I mean, that's that's part of the power of, of coaching, but also your ability to interact with people no matter where they are from people who are who are really struggling to, you know, I know the work you do with, with uh, your executive coaching as well. So after they've spent more time working on themselves, what's next? Where, where do we turn now? So I think um, I, I do it in a three-part process, okay? So for me, it's quite distinct. Um, first, discover the real me. So you, you've got to dig down and know who you are. And once you've got that, and one, I think often we know it all, like it's all there, all the, those things we know about ourselves, but we haven't seen them together in one place um, at one time, and I think that's that's powerful, just being able to look at yourself and go, oh, yeah, all that stuff about me, there is actually something worth worthwhile and valuable about me. So, so it's that. So that's what I call the discover the real me. And then it's, well, yeah, I know that, but trying to put that into life, what does that even look like? Yeah. So then that's where I go into discover my direction. So... To, to be able to discover your direction, it's recognising that that's, that's active, you know. So it's knowing who you are but doing something with it. And, and I think that doing something with it, that's your purpose. So that's, that's where it's putting words around what you do that um, articulate who you are. So that's your purpose. And then it's like, well, so what does that look like in all the areas of my life? And that's yeah. your goals. So it moves into quite an active space of how do I be intentional about the areas of my life with my goals? So that's, that's there. Yeah, I love that. And it's very much in, in the order that, that we're taught in the coaching space is we don't go, well, I want to have this, so I'll do this so then I can feel happy. It's actually, no, who do you want to be? And then mm -hmm. you do the work and then you will have whatever it is yeah. that you're, yeah. you're wanting to get. So when when you talked before, you, you talked about um, working people and working with people and, and helping them to overcome some of those challenges that they need to leave behind. Before we get into the work that you, you do with other people, what, what are some of those moments for you where you've had to overcome challenges that you, you just knew you needed to leave that behind to be able to keep moving forward? Mm -hmm. um, well, there's lots of challenges in life, isn't there? Um, I suppose significant ones. Um, there's been there's been a lot of death in my, my family, like a lot of close um, family deaths along the way. So, um, and I think Death is one of those things that really rocks you to your core because you start asking those real deep questions. And 
and it usually comes back to who am I and what what now? You know, yeah. what what happens after this life and all that sort of stuff. But I think when you go into that deep space within yourself, that's where you found find that foundation and that's where you find those spiritual answers, if you like, as well. Because yeah. I think um, part of digging down into that that who you are is is getting into that core space and and I think that the core space is anchored on what I call your life foundation and that's usually something bigger than yourself so that comes into your faith and um yes that spiritual sort of understanding of you know there's something bigger than me out there you know and it's not only all about me that I fit into something so I think for me it's a it's been a faith journey and so when I've had those challenges I've gone right into that space I'm one of my catch cries is what you seek is within and and so it's in those challenging times go within you know and um, don't go running off outside looking for the answers start within yourself and be anchored in what you know and be really clear about what you know is true for you because of not only who you are but what you're anchored to so so for me it that would be faith, I suppose. Um, and one of the, I suppose, huge challenges that um, I've had in my life, um, uh, back in 2011, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. So um, that's one of those um, life-altering moments where you, you hear those words come out of somebody's mouth and it's like, what <laughs> um, it's one of those left field things but I found navigation of that space for me was so much easier if if that's the right word because I had something to hang on to okay so that was where I go back down to and be solid about yeah, there's so much that I don't know about this and it was a huge learning curve and I felt like somebody had ripped out all my reference points and throw them, threw them in the air and they were still just floating down and I had no idea where, whether I was up or down. But then I was able to ask myself, what do I know in this space? And what I did know was, you know, that, that foundational stuff, okay, and who I was and what I believed in and, um, and that's all I could hold on to. I, didn't, I couldn't predict the future but I had to know um, that I was confident about that particular moment at that particular time and I felt strong in that space, um, if that makes any sense. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. Well, I think what you've touched on there is you, you created the certainty that you could like yeah. we're such brilliant storytellers in our own head about what it could be, but actually just getting really clear on what you do know, that's massive. I think what you describe then is what a lot of people have been through this year is all the reference points getting thrown out the window. Well, mm. well now what? And actually yeah. taking pen to paper and well, yeah. what do you know? And then yeah. so, so, so once you got to that point of certainty of what you could be certain of, how did you then – embrace the uncertainty in terms of you going on that healing journey? Well, it's just realigning and refocusing. Um, and it's it's leaning into 
um, the positive, I suppose. And um, so f from the, the word go, like I could have gone down that negative road of woe is me and, um, you know, I'm, yeah, anyway, <laughs> I won't go into that, but um, it, there's a choice and you always have a choice, okay? Yeah. And I chose to lean, lean into the positive. And um, the, the words that I heard from like the breast surgeon at the time and whatever when I when it was all, all there was um, um, there's, you know, 95% of people move through this. You know, it's a 90, I think it was 95, might have even been higher, might have been yeah. 97% success rate. And I was like, okay, that's huge. You know, yeah. let's focus on that. And she said, um, she said uh, that you've got every reason to be hopeful. So you know that, and it just needed those couple of words, and it was like, yep, okay, that clicks me back into what I know. And even if I realised that, even if I, I did have a negative outcome, the thing that I could control was my response to it at this time and make the most of whatever moment I have here and 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 I look back and I think well what would I have changed and nothing you know um I still I still want to be true to me I still want to live a life that's um you know going to be impacting others in a positive way whether I'm sick or whether I'm well or whatever so it actually didn't change anything big picture um, except the thing that it changed was my um, my certainty about when my life would end. But the certainty was is for everybody that one day our lives will end. So yeah. it was being accepting, I suppose, of that. So so being accepting of that helped me to be able to realign and refocus, and then be ready to meet the challenge. And that's then leaning into community. Um, yeah, there were so many people that came around to support me at that time and um, that was really hard because I'm used to being the one that ran around and supported other people in that space, not being the subject of that support. And so it's hard to accept that. But when I did, I blossomed and grew from that. So, yeah, and I benefited in a huge way. Oh, I think we'll come back to that. Um, I just wanted to add there what you said there. I was having been through that as well, having death deaths in my family, deaths from different people I've known over time. I think it faces, it forces to kind of face, or we have that moment of like, oh, this is not forever, and you start again. That's when you start creating all those stories and start thinking about all the stuff. And it's like I love how you described how you turn that into a positive of what you were going through. Of well, how can we then? Do whatever I do at another level. And you touched on something then. You talked about how that that moment allowed you to actually be the person to receive. Mm. A great story about how when you live in the mountains and that when the the big bushfires went through there. So mm. maybe I'd love to hear more about how you got so much out of that experience serving mm. people in your community, but also what it was like then to be forced to be on the receiving end of all of that community support and love yeah um so you so do you mean to talk about the bushfire thing oh absolutely yeah oh yeah so yeah back in 2013 our community Wimmerley was like 
pretty heavily impacted. I mean, everybody was, so many people were impacted last year. That was a, a huge thing. But in 2013, it was our community in a big, big way. Um, I think there was 290 homes lost or something or other just in a, a really small area. Um, and it was just a freak thing that, that happened um, that nobody was expecting. Yeah. Anyway, the um, the fire came very close to our house, like to our back fence and just down the down the street. And lots of people that I knew, our friends and neighbours, lost their homes. And there was an element of um, survivor's guilt, I suppose, because it was like, I'm here, but I've still got everything and you guys have lost everything. And I just felt really like I wanted to do something. So to start with, it was just talking to people because that's what I'm good at (laughs) is just talking with people. So I just walked around those streets as I would normally, but, you know, people were there sifting through rubbish and there was those that had stuff burnt that were just cleaning up and whatever and just giving them a safe space to to just talk and cry and you know give out hugs that was pre-covid when you could do that stuff (laughs) um but it was so valuable those connections you know people people need a safe space in those really um, hard and difficult challenges, you know, and that's not just super big things like bushfires. It's the everyday people need safe spaces to be able to express themselves and and talk. And sometimes it's just coming alongside people to do that. And that's that's part of my own personal mission. I realise, you know, that's something that I'm good at in is creating those safe spaces. But um, by doing that, then um, yeah, I realised that there were so many needs and people were saying, oh, I need this and I need that. And I was a part of a local church community and they were given um, heaps of money by, you know, donated from people across the country, you know, because people were giving to churches because they knew that people would get it if it was going through them. Anyway, I jumped in on board with that and I became the official bushfire coordinator for that community and um, oh, it was such a pleasure to be able to <laughs> give away good services and money and and it wasn't mine so like it was great <laughs> no I mean if I'd had it had it to give I would have given it as well yeah. but um but just being able to serve people and provide and you know give give to their needs was great you know meet people um connect resources with people's needs but the other thing was and part of my role there was creating um spaces for people to reconnect so streets to have um dinners together and like getting the community just back together again and i think when i did that stuff it was like yeah this is what i really want to do because i've just got this real vision for community because i think yeah, communities are made up of people and when you have people connecting and harmonizing together that that's world changing you know it starts it starts with an individual and then it moves to a family then it moves to a community and then those things change change the world so yeah that's my vision beautiful and uh 
Melody chiming in there who does a lot of similar work in the community, now helping other carers to make sure that, that they're getting the care as well. So I'm, I'm not surprised that resonated with you, Melody. Um, thanks for the feedback. Um, so you were talking before about that uh, guilt that you felt because your house was completely fine. Um, I know a lot of people, whether they've experienced death or loss of any kind, and if they're the person that walks away from that experience feeling like that they, they, everything's okay, there is a lot of guilt around that. And I know you were working with women. There's a lot of women out there who feel guilty for going and doing something for mm. themselves. So mm. both of those different scenarios, how do you help how do you help women navigate that guilt which which is prevalent in so many? Mm. And I think that's that's that whole thing of recognizing your own value and worth again, you know, and um, it's it's bringing yourself back into the picture because when it comes down to it, we're we're all we're equal, you know, we're equal but different, you know, we we've all um, got the same right if it's the right word to to have um a life in this world you know nobody is more important than another it's only what we as humans the importance that we put on people that make that the case you know um but each val each life is valuable in its own merit and and i think that's what i really try and help people understand that so i think you know, we all come into this world in the same way. We all come in with our own uniqueness bundled up in a beautiful package. And it's what we're exposed to that determines whether that comes out well or not. Okay, some people some people still have that package still concealed. You know, it's been it's had walls around it ever since they were little kids and they still don't even know the value of what's in that package you know but each person has their own uniqueness and value and when it's um tapped into then that person can impact the world in a really positive way that can you believe it you know that each of us is so different like we've all we're all unique so, you know, there's something that we've got that nobody else in the world can give. So by hiding it, we're actually um, doing a disservice to the rest of the world. Do you sure. know what, where I'm yeah. going with it? Yeah. I it's I think, huge. I think some people, what they do so naturally, well, they just take it so for granted that they don't even think it's a thing. Yeah, exactly. They just, oh, that's just what I do. And it's like. No, 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 no one can do that, how you do it in such an amazing way. And I think that's like, that's a part of the work that I'm so passionate about because it's like everyone's got a gift. Everyone's got this incredible ability. It's like you said, we, we, we're born with our own uniqueness and then the experiences that we have then form us to create even more individualization yeah. and and that's something that the more we can share that the more value and, and melody's chiming in that um absolutely she agrees and i like the comment before melody community and connection uh world changing that's yeah. a great little segue because i wanted to talk about this judy community is massive for you and mm. the people who are sitting there and, and maybe they're saying well i'm not spiritual mm. i love how brene brown described 
spirituality as your connection with self and your community. Now, mm. anyone can then be spiritual. You don't have to have, you can have whatever belief you want, but if you look at it that way, you can go in any direction you want with that relationship with yourself and yeah. taking that out to, to the community. So share with us, Judy, about one, why you're so passionate about the work that you do within your physical community and your online community and mm. how to actually that you would recommend to people to foster their own communities. Yeah. So community, we're, as humans, we're designed to be in community. It's, yeah. it's um, we bring out the best in each other. So, it, I mean, you do this as well when you do personality work. You know, there's, there's so many different personalities. But when, um, when you lean into, like, you put a team of people together um, some people are, are strong in one area, some people are strong in another, but it, we can't be strong in everything, but together we can be. So when you've got a community, it's you know, all the parts of the body working um, in unison, you know. It, it's, it's what we've got. Like you think about your own body and every part of it has a different function but when it all works together, it creates this unique body that um, is able to walk and talk and do whatever it does. Yeah. Same stuff for our communities, all right? So yeah. bring together those people that have their differences, their strengths, their weaknesses, their, um, yeah, their, their uniqueness and put them together and amazing things can happen. You know, and, and it, again, it's world-changing stuff because we give people the opportunity to shine, okay, and they shine best when they're shining alongside people that support them and bes beside people that are so different to them because you don't, you don't notice a light until it's in, dark, in a dark place. Okay, yeah. so somebody that's really different, if you come in and, and you shine your light, then it might seem offensive, but it's actually because you're standing out because it's your uniqueness that's standing out. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And often what the experience for most people is when they've shone their light, it gets suppressed or put down yeah. or whatever else. Um, yeah. uh, Jeremy chimed in with, um, it's just what I do, has been one of his greatest problems. I also know, Jeremy, that you've done a lot of work now and you are getting much better at uh, owning it and I'm... And, um, the opportunities that have come with that are exciting. So I think you're a great role model for that, mate, as well. Um, that that gave me tingles when you were talking about the like comparing like a part of the body, us in our community is part of the body. And if you think about that for the whole world, if a part of your body is not working, it impacts every other part of your body. That's right. And, and if we looked at ourselves that same way, and all of us took that responsibility to I'm going to help my part of the functioning of this yeah. giant body of people that we are, yeah. it changes everything. And I think too often, like we all do, we dismiss it at times. What impact can I have? But yeah. you can have every impact because of exactly what you described then because you yeah. can have a positive effect on that body or you can have a negative effect. And when one, so if you think about a community as a body, when one part of your body is hurting, the other parts come in and um, are stronger while that part is recovering, you know, and that's the also the beauty of community. 
okay? So there's times where we're all going to be injured in some way, but then recognising that there's other parts that can lean in and, and be a support during that time, yeah. you know? And, yeah, just seeing that in action is really exciting. Um, so local community, you know, that, that I suppose happens in pockets, you know, depending on what you're connected with and whatever. Um, in the online space, I've created that community, community um, based on, well, it was founded on people that I've worked with. So they're already like-minded, so they agree with me <laughs> on this stuff. And the idea was um, when I was creating that community was to pull together those people because I could see them as individuals that they they knew this stuff, but they needed to connect with each other as well and realise what it looked like when they did it in company of people where it was accepted. So um, I, I started this community with I think we had about maybe 10 to 20 people and it was and that's what it was and I just really wanted to develop this really strong nucleus this real strong foundation and um, I don't know if any of them are watching today but um, they are a beautiful bunch of women who just lend into that space and started supporting each other and caring for each other and it just built this really strong core within within this community and then as that strengthened then start we started inviting more people in into that and the way I um, described it, it was a little bit like I wanted people to um, join a moving train so I wanted um, people to come in and feel like there was already something happening in this space you know it was already um, something a journey you know it was already a part uh, a journey that was happening and they could jump on and, and feel comfortable immediately. And yeah. I really think it, it is a space like that. So I, it's not a huge, huge community. I mean, we've got about 300 women in there now, but um, there's still this nucleus of super supportive ladies that just love and care in a really solid way. And when one's hurting, people reach out and support. And it, and we've moved that into some offline stuff as well. So COVID obviously impacted that this year. Um, but we even, you know, we had online parties and stuff like that during that space. But just um, it's so amazing that you can take um, – a group of ladies that haven't met physically and go to a, a, a coffee shop and there was just this immediate connection. It was like they felt like sisters, you know, because they'd been talking at this level for so long. So, yeah, that's a really yeah. beautiful space. I love it. Yeah. Um, I have to correct myself before I uh, I said, I'm pretty sure I, sure I said Melody when I put Jen's post up. Sorry, Jen, if you're still watching. <laughs> Uh, Jen's going to be on in a few weeks, actually, so that'll be exciting. Um, yeah, what I also love when you've described your community is when you jump into other communities or you're putting a post out into your community, how many of that community jump on board and support you and actually share lots of love and encourage other women to do the same because of the impact that it's had. And I yeah. think when, when you can get yourself into a space like that where there is genuine like people lifting each other up and helping people and really like you're shining a light for them, but they're also shining that light back to you, which is, yeah. which is such a beautiful relationship, right? Yeah, uh, totally. And, you know, it, 
it's not about me. I want to be able, I want to facilitate this growth. And I want it to be like a ripple effect that that goes across the world. I mean, I, I've got a bit of a huge vision. I reckon that, you know, I can, that this sort of movement can impact a million women globally, you know, because it it's way bigger than me. So, you know, as soon as somebody recognises their own value and worth, they take that into their family and that, that family is immediately thinking differently. You change thinking, then you change action. You change action and you get success. So, you know, that's that's the whole premise of, you know, personal success. So. Yeah. yeah, well, the, my, the first thought that comes to mind, and again, my brain operates this way, always connecting, um, that I probably should introduce you to Melody and Jen. They both have communities of women uh, doing very similar work that, well, how do we actually build that one million? We, we connect mm. groups together who, who are yeah. on the same journey, coming from a different angle, but also totally. ultimately the same end goal. So I'll, I'll make sure I do that as well. Yeah, um, yeah. You mentioned that you love to be able to provide a safe space. And that's something that when we look at safe space, it can be a place to be heard. It can be safe from different things that they've got going on in their life. So again, like from your own experience around how that played out for you, where you were given a safe space by other people, where, whether, you, whether you actually offered that when you were younger and how that played out and, and how that's something you're so passionate about sharing with other people now as well. Mm. Um, a safe space for me is um, it's a place of comfort and um, it's a place of um, protection and uh, it's a place where you feel accepted and it's a, a place where you can actually um, put out there and be yourself without worrying about being cut down. So um, I think we all desire that sort of safety. Um, yeah, and I think you know when I was when I was a little kid, I was exposed to some stuff where I didn't feel safe. You know, even in my own family and. Um, and I think I've told you before that um, I remember being the one that wanted to provide the safe space even for my brother back then, you know, and, and say, yeah, it's okay, it's okay, you know, and, and give comfort and um, protection and, and, and say, it's okay even when it doesn't feel safe, you know, I'm here and that sort of thing. And I think that's the sort of thing that I've wanted to do along my life. And I think, um, again, as a child, uh, the thing that I became really good at at school was um, being inclusive of the people, the new people that came into the school. I was the first person to be their friend <laughs> because they looked um, they looked like fish out of water. They looked scared. And um, I was attracted to that because I wanted to help them to feel safe. And I, and by being a person that they could talk to and just having a friend beside them, then they, that, you know, gave them confidence to move into that community. And 
sometimes um, they they were only, it was only for a short time and then they moved on into other spaces and probably I missed out at some level because yeah. they moved on into a, another space. But I felt like that was my role. It, it was being that includer and um, giving them that point of safety to start with and then give the confidence to move on from there. And I think that's what I do now as well. Um, I, I notice people, so um, I notice the fringe dwellers and um, I've got a heart for those people that don't fit in and that sort of stuff. And that's, you know, that whole thing about drawing them in, giving them that safety so that they um, can have time to know their own value and worth and then, yeah, say, yeah, okay, you can stay in my life or you can move on, it's okay. <laughs> So, yeah. Does that answer your question? It does. And, and it's just reiterates to me everything I know about you. So I love that and, and the ability to share that now with everyone else. You said something earlier in the week when we were talking about, well, you, when you were talking about that journey within and how it's so, it's so easy to get caught in the external and all the all the noise and all the different circumstances. And you used the, the story of the oyster to really um, make that point. So I'd love for you to share that little story now to, to really yeah that point home. Yeah, I often um, I often share this one with um, my, my clients because I think we don't we don't recognize our own beauty, you know, and, and just even I just want to say here too, because um, I do work with men as well and and not just women, because this stuff is this isn't just for women, okay? It's not only about the inner beauty of women, it's about the inner beauty of a person. Yeah. So, um, and and some men I relate really well to as well, yourself <laughs> being one of them. Okay. So, yeah, I just wanted to make that clear. It's not just <laughs> yeah. a, a woman's journey, you know, it's yeah. a person's journey. Yeah. But with the, the whole oyster thing, it's, you know, it's thinking about what an oyster shell looks like on the outside. And it's, you know, it's bland. It's brown or grey. Um, it might be chipped and cracked and a bit rough. And, yeah, it doesn't look much, okay? Yeah. And um, and it's that by design, really, because it's, it's designed to blend into its environment so that um, it doesn't draw attention to itself. But its job, its role is to protect the soft body that's encased within it okay and that's the best way that it can do that is by almost this chameleon effect and um and and that's a safety mechanism so so that um it protects that that soft body problem is um sometimes it never opens and you know but when it does open the shell on the inside is really different, okay? It's like night and day. On the inside, it's smooth, it's white, it's almost rainbowy, it's this beautiful stuff. They make jewellery out of it, okay? Um, and, um, and it's soft and smooth and light, okay? So, but you don't notice that until the shell's open. Yeah. So, um, and problem is also when we're, even when we're children, you know, we might open the shell and then somebody comes along and squashes us or, um, you know, there's a threat or hurt or something and we close it. 
and then you know you don't open it again until it feels safe and so um, you might do that again and then get hurt again so you close it again and if you go through uh, life and you're exposed to lots of hurt and trauma and stuff like that then you get very used to keeping that shell closed and you don't understand you can't even remember what's inside anymore okay so it can become there could even be layers and layers of soil on top of it you know and say it's gotten buried underneath the sand you've got to dig down to even find the shell and that's part of the journey i think the coaching journey of discovering the real me you know is digging down through all those layers of crap but once you once you open it you know it's recognizing there is this soft body in there and there is this natural beauty that just wants to come out and shine and that's your place of strength um the other thing that i say in um, alignment with that is that in some of those oysters um, you will find a pearl and it's not everyone it's only some you know and how's pearl created do you know so is it sand and agitation? Yeah, it's an it's an irritant. So a little grain of sand will get in and be an irritant within the shell. So the shell goes to work and coats it layer upon layer upon layer until it's perfect and one with the shell. So it's a smooth environment. But it's not only part part of the shell; it becomes a shining beauty it's like outstanding so you know what a beautiful analogy that irritants in our life can actually be the thing that makes us shine the most and you know as I say to some people you've probably got a string of pearls <laughs> but you know that but they define you you know those those things they don't have to bury you they define you and make you even more beautiful yeah oh there's so much gold in that and as you say, like so many of those irritants in our life become the source of our greatest light or jewel, yeah. as you say. Um, what I was also drawn to when you were saying that is to open that shell after it's been had that agitation or had whatever else happen over your life, that's when you need that place of safety, a place that you open the shell and, and be completely comfortable doing that. Yeah. an environment like created where actually it's okay just for me to to open up here and just show yeah. my my true light within beautiful yeah that's right and you have to be really you have to be ready to do that and yes. and that comes through relationship and that often comes through community so just learning to to trust in the little things so that yeah and then you'll know when the time's right yeah now knowing you and talking about when the time's right, you're someone who's got incredible intuition. So where does that come into the journey? So you've helped people around really getting in touch with themselves, getting that foundation level, getting them some direction. How do you help people unlock more of that intuition and, and what part does that play in their journey into really becoming even more of themselves? Um, I think so I think the thing that I do best is is listen <laughs> and be able to give people 
back um, their own words in story form. I can use a lot of analogies. Just ask anyone I work with. I'm always drawing pictures and stuff as well. Yeah. Um, and I think just, um, yeah, sorry, what was your question? I've lost my train So after you've given them the foundation work, then then how do you, where does, what part does helping them find more of their intuition play with their forward journey? Yeah. So then it's helping them to learn how to do it themselves. So so that's the, the whole, I'm, my, my thing is be free to be me, you know, and that's the name of, oh, sorry, and that's the name of my community. So it's learning how to know who you are, how, and, you know, work out what that direction is, but then learning how to let go of somebody's hand and do it on your own. So that's, walking with them for a while it's a little bit like um <laughs> i'll tell a story a little bit like when you learn to ride a bike okay so to start with i just remember as a kid um my dad holding the back of the bike as i was learning because this we didn't have um, training wheels back then so it was like you know all in or all off um, so he was holding the back of the bike and um, you know and I felt so safe because um, he was holding it and I was pedaling and it was like oh wow I can do this and chatting away and you know the next time he'd he'd do it and we'd get a little bit faster and then one day I, I realized that I was chatting away and he was back down the street and then I fell off <laughs> but but it, it's that journey, okay, and that's what I like to do as a coach. So you walk with somebody really closely at first and you, you're you right there and you're helping them every step of the way and there's lots of tools and lots of tips to start with and pretty hands-on and um, probably, you know, fairly heavily um, structured I suppose just to start with just to to get people into those good habits and thinking patterns and then then you pull back a little bit and um, there's still that sense of accountability but that maybe it changes a little bit in the weight okay so instead of it being sort of level or me heavy then it starts you know raising and being a little bit more about them and then um, then slowly it just backs off and they're like, you know what, I can actually do this on my own. And a lot of people will just move off and, and do it on their own. But um, so many of the people that I've worked with, I'm still in connection with because they realise the value of just coming back on occasion and doing a reboot, you know. I mean, yeah. even, even as a coach, you know, as well as I do, I mean, we have our own coaches for that reason. <laughs> you know, you still get stuck in your own stuff. So yep. so it's good. But it's just teaching people how to stand on their own feet and then being the confidence to to let go. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Fascinating that you thought your dad was supporting you. <laughs> the moment yeah. you realised that he wasn't, then you go off. It's amazing how we can yeah. trick our mind. Um, it also reminded me of a story. This quote was assigned to Einstein, but it's along the lines of um, balance is like riding a bike. We have to keep moving to keep balance. Yeah. And I think one of the benefits of the work that, that you're doing, you're, you're providing that support, but you're helping people to move forward and to find that balance in their life yeah. to actually make sure they can keep moving forward. Because the moment you stop and think everything's good, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll rest now, that's the moment when 
you're ready for a fall. The moment you think I've got this life thing worked out, you yeah. better be careful in the next corner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a journey. And, yeah. you know, um, I've got a couple of people that I've been working for with for many years, you know, and well, there's one lady that I'm just thinking of particularly, and she, um, five years I think we've been working together. And um, every session she goes, I can't believe that I find out something new about myself every time. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and she says that like every month or whatever. Well, they, they're a new person then. And so then yeah. they coach for the, the person that they are five years down the track. Yeah. And there's, it's not, I think that's one of the things we, people get in, in the trap of uh, one of my very first coaches said, it's, it's um, I'll be happy when I get to this point and everything yeah. will be good. And it's like, yeah. no, no, then you're just, and you're a new person and then you've got to try something else and then you're going to have other challenges and, and all those sorts of things. So, yeah, I, yeah, the fact that they've got that trust with you means that they can come back and go, yeah, I can, I can still learn more, which I love. And I think that the important thing is you're continuing to push yourself. You're continuing to learn more and more, which is why you can keep those people in your community and continue to pay, take them on a journey. Very early on, you mentioned purpose. So you touched on it and you were saying how purpose is what you end up doing. And I think one of the things that I've experienced is people get too caught in thinking purpose has to be some definitive thing that they've got worked out instead of realising it's just being more purposeful in what it is that they do every day. So if someone's sitting there going, well, I'm lacking purpose, how, how would you help them to actually start tapping into more of their purpose in whatever environment they're in? So um, I have a simple equation. Um, core plus passion equals purpose, okay? So people go looking for purpose, but as with everything else, what you seek is within. <laughs> Your purpose is already there and you're doing it whether you know it or not. When you know it, then you can do it more intentionally and be aware of what you're doing. Um, like I realised once I actually put some words around my purpose, I was like, oh, yeah, I've actually been doing that my whole life. <laughs> you know, and I could and it all just made sense. But I think for me the definition of purpose, as I said, is that simple equation, your core, so that core of who you are and that that's the stuff that we unpack, um, plus your passions, okay, so your passions um passions are active so it's the and acting what is important to you so your core is what's important to you your passions are in acting what's important to you and that is your purpose yeah and so I think it's you those, living authentically yes and i think for those sitting there going well but i can't turn my passion into into something bigger it's remembering whatever your passion is whether your passion is in something that's outside of your work or vice versa it's what is what is it you're bringing to the table within that passion that becomes yeah. the purpose right yeah yeah i the deeper you know yourself the more intentional your purpose will be yeah so yeah uh, it's an exciting space i, I love it when um I work with with women especially, and they get that aha moment around their purpose. I, I can't believe that it's been there the whole time, and then and then we go through a whole alignment process of, of you know was 
well, if that's my purpose, what does that look like in each of the areas of my life? And then once your attention's brought to it, it's like the reticular activation system. You know, um, you switch on that switch in your brain and then you can't unsee it. It's like, ah, that's my purpose. <laughs> it's like the yeah. red car. <laughs> yeah. That's um, why we get stuck down rabbit holes because once we, we, we can't unsee something that we've seen and, and it's yeah. just making sure we go down the right rabbit hole, the one that's actually meant for yeah. you and your purpose because, yeah, there's so much growth and, and joy and fulfilment, which we I don't even think we've talked about that word yet, but that's yeah. that's what you bring. But all of these things that we've been talking about now, that having yeah. that foundation, direction, purpose, that, that's what yeah. brings a fulfilment, right? Yeah, and, and I think knowing your purpose is one thing, but living to it is another. So it's it's the intentionality. So it's being intentional about it. And some of that, like when, for me, knowing my purpose, one of the first things it empowered me to do was actually say no. And that's huge because I never said that except it, to my brothers probably. <laughs> but, well, that's but the, the people pleaser, right? Like we'll just say yeah, yes there. Exactly, exactly, because that's what you did. Yeah. But when I recognised my purpose, I realised that um, it didn't, didn't serve me and it didn't serve others for me to be doing things that weren't in alignment with that. And actually I was robbing somebody else of their experience by trying to do everything for everybody. Yeah. But if I just did what I was good at, then that would make the impact and I feel fulfilled at the same time. Mm, yeah, that's it's the rescuer, right? And yeah, totally. I've done that plenty of times, and uh, yeah, you actually you feel like you're doing someone a favour, but you're not. I think you yeah. said it earlier. Yeah. People have to be ready for that, and if you're trying to help people who who aren't ready and don't actually want the help, well, yeah, you are. You're doing them a massive disservice, and you're doing yourself a disservice too. Yeah. Oh, and and just remembering too that this is still a journey. I mean, I don't have it all sewn up. <laughs> I still no. fall into my de default patterns all the yeah. time, which is why we chat. <laughs> exactly right. And then, and then uh, the, the, the moments when, when you're saying the same thing you've said to me like five times before, I'm like, damn it. Like it's the it's same. That was so good, Judy. Is there anything else you'd love to, to share with the audience today? No, I'm, no, it's been lovely. Thank you. I feel a bit less nervous now. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. Finally again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, you know, it's it's not as hard as it seems, okay? And um, most people that I work with, um, they already know this stuff, but they just don't know it all together okay so that's what I was saying before you know pulling it all together in one place and looking at it in a different way yeah it, it can make such a difference in your life when you know this stuff so be yeah. clear about who you are be clear about where you're going and then as I say be free to be me you know? yeah 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 and like I've already mentioned I've done plenty of work with you where you've helped me see things from a completely different perspective one moment in particular where you said you're looking at it through a very negative lens and what if you looked at it this way and it's like that's that stuff is not rocket science 
no. but it's life-changing it's transformational to have someone be able to point that out for you um thank you melody i appreciate that um yeah. and for your comment before everyone's journey has a different number of steps exactly right and there's no right or wrong to those steps uh judy so thankful for you coming on i'm so blessed to have you in my life i appreciate you and and you, you. sharing um, your journey and yeah yeah thank you and thanks everybody cheers thanks for all the interactions today we'll leave it there okay I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Grief Code podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Please share it with a friend or family member that you know would benefit from hearing it too. If you are truly ready to heal your unresolved or unknown grief, let's chat. Email me at info at ianhawkinscoaching.com. You can also stay connected with me by joining the Grief Code community at ianhawkinscoaching.com forward slash the grief code. And remember, so that I can help even more people to heal, please subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform.